I love the people. We are going to take back our country and we'll take back the White House and we're going to straighten out the United States of America. Okay? That was President Trump in New Hampshire today, Saturday, the 28th of January, 2023, getting an early start, knocking out all competitors as he makes this weekend with this stop in New Hampshire and South Carolina, the official, real, official, unofficial beginning of his 2024 run for his second term in the presidency of the United States of America. He is on fire. Trump is back. He had a lot of important and vital things to say. We're going to break it down in this episode, the highlights of what he had to bring to the people of New Hampshire and South Carolina. So let's start off with BCP Juniorette giving us an introduction and let's get right into this. Welcome to Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on the notifications bell so you don't miss out on real news. Welcome to Open Source News. Hope you're having a great weekend. Uh, If you're new around here, welcome. I am your host, James, a.k.a. BCP, Black Conservative Patriot. Let's get into how President Trump started off this great day. Uh, He started off, obviously, flying into the great state of New Hampshire. And this caravan was there. And let's look at a stark contrast between Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. on April 19th, 2022, when he was in New Hampshire to speak about some failure of his that he was trying to sell as a success and how people were asking him other questions and he's looking like adult. And you can see here in comparison, the people waiting for President Trump to arrive in New Hampshire, the people absolutely loving President Trump. Discuss with the allies today about Ukraine. Really? I understand. You can see 81 million man being confused. And then you see this today in New Hampshire where people are cheering and loudly running and excited to go in and see President Trump arrive and speak in New Hampshire. So just want to make a comparison between 81 million man who's running against President Trump. And it appears President Trump excites people just a tad bit more than China Joe. It is now my great honor to welcome to New Hampshire and to the New Hampshire Republican Party annual meeting, President Donald J. Trump. So we're here and we start, we begin. And I want to thank New Hampshire for the warm welcome outside. There are literally thousands of people. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're all, and no, no negatives, all positives. And uh, it's really beautiful. And it's a great welcome. And I'm thrilled to be back in this beautiful state. President Trump should be confident about him and his prospects in New Hampshire next year. Why wouldn't he be? He won New Hampshire the last two times around. 
but it's bigger than just winning the Republican primary. He wants to take the whole state away from the blue Democrat Party that has turned not just socialist, but hardcore Marxist and put it in the red. Everyone in this room shares the one key mission. We're going to defeat Joe Biden, defeat Joe Biden and the radical Democrats. These are radical left people. I think in many cases they're Marxists and communists. And I used to say that seldom. Now I say it all the time because they are. You look at what they're doing to our country and we're going to turn New Hampshire red on November 5th, 2024. And I hope we can have the help of everybody. Now let's get into some of the meat of what President Trump said in New Hampshire. As I previewed for you in the earlier episode, Liz Harrington was on with Steve Bannon in the war room and it was reported that President Trump would be addressing the whole war in Ukraine, what's going on with Russia and Putin. And I want to show you this where President Trump talks about the military, how we're great, but there's some wokeism there and the stink starts at the very top of our current military structure. Yeah, we're talking about you, Austin, and all of the other minions not working for our country and making our military weaker. But don't worry, President Trump has a plan for all of that. We had great people. You know, we had some people that got in through the rhinos and got in some bed, but... I mean, for the most part, we had incredible, we rebuilt the entire military. I tell you this because you see these blundering fools on television that say I shouldn't be standing in front of a church with a Bible, remember? That was a terrible thing to do. I'm standing with a Bible in front of a church that these terrorists tried to burn down the day before. So we have a great military, but we have some fools right now on top. The guy at the very top being the biggest fool, and that's Joseph Robinette Jr., surname Biden. Now, President Trump talks about the Russia-Ukraine war and how we would be sitting in a whole completely different situation right now if President Trump were in the Oval Office. This guy's going to be in world, remember, Crooked Hillary? He's going to cause a war in his first week in office because they think that's my personality type. It's actually the opposite. My personality kept us out of war. And I told you before, would have never happened with Russia, would have never gone in, Putin would have never, ever gone in. Now, this next clip is one of my favorites that I'm going to present to you tonight. Because President Trump, he just finished telling us what would not have happened had he been in there. And I paused it right where he said that. And I'm going to play you the rest of what he said. Now, folks, this episode is not about me, but if you're new around here, the first name of this channel was Black Conservative Hippie. Thank goodness I changed it. BCP, Black Conservative Patriots, a lot better. But the reason why I originally had this channel name as Black Conservative Hippie is because I am not a neocon. I'm not a pacifist, but I am not a warmonger and nation-building neocon, warmonger-loving conservative. Because there are people that are conservatives that think that the United States should police the world and we should be in constant, endless wars. I'm not one of them. That is why I appreciate so much this next clip I'm going to play you from President Trump. You're going to see how if uh, if President Trump were allowed to or in two, uh, two three years, uh, excuse me, two years when President Trump is back in the Oval Office, 
how he'll put an end to this. You're going to hear him speak like a human being who values life, unlike these bastards in D.C. and the Pentagon, who lives mean nothing to them. It's all about power. And then President Trump totally red pills America about the lies coming out of Ukraine and the propaganda that's going on with this Ukraine-Russia war. And even now, I could solve that in 24 hours. It's so horrible what happened. I mean, those cities are demolished now. The people, I'll bet you have millions. It could be millions of people. How can you, you know, they bomb a city to the ground. These big buildings come tumbling down. They say two people were injured. Not two people. They lie. I mean, they lie. But if I were president, you would have zero chance that that war would have happened. Wow, I miss President Trump. What a wonderful man and president. He would solve it in 24 hours. He would, it would not have happened under him. And he values life saying that there's way more people that have died than the fake propaganda coming out from this Russia-Ukraine conflict and the numbers being lies. It would not have happened and he said he'll solve it in 24 hours. Okay, folks, now let's get into President Trump and some domestic stuff. President Trump having no qualms, calling out the corruption of the Biden family and the laptop from hell. That stupid, dumb, even though Joey says it's the smartest guy he knows, Hunter Biden left and forgot to pick up at a computer repair shop. We have a president whose son's laptop from hell gets taken over and exposes massive corruption like nobody's ever seen before. And boy, do I love it when President Trump goes somewhat off script. You think the father, do you ever hear this? Do you think the father was upset? Uh, Dad, I left my laptop in a repair shop. I forgot to pick it up and this repair guy went a little crazy when he saw what was on it. What's on it, son? Every crime that you've ever committed, Pa. <laughs> Every crime you've ever committed. Well, there have been a lot of crimes and injustices against President Trump. And I love what I'm about to play you right now. I've been saying since, I don't know, several months now, since last year, where a lot of the pundits and a lot of the conservatives, a lot of people that were on the Trump train are jumping off and getting on to the... Uh, the dinghy boat of DeSantis. Now, I like DeSantis, don't get me wrong. I like DeSantis for 2028. And as I've said, President Trump has, it's personal. He is all about America first and he is working for America and Americans. He loves his country and he loves his fellow countrymen. This is the exact thing that you want from a leader of your country or your organization, right? Not this globalist attitude, this wanting to be loved by everybody else but America. That is what makes President Trump great. But as I've also said, President Trump, this is personal. He's got a personal bone to pick. There has been injustices from Russia-Russian collusion hoax to fake impeachments to other huge injustices which have led us into the situation that we are in now. And President Trump is angry and... He is going to be very effective in his second term. He's going to be wiser, sharper, regardless. He's sharp for his age, but he's going to be sharper knowing exactly what he needs to do. But he's going to have that fire 
I know vengeance is not a good thing, but he's going to have that kind of vengeful fire in his belly that is going to give him all the motivation he needs to work hard for us. Uh, when I announced, I just wanted to put my cards on the table. I, you know, we're playing that very big game right now, the biggest game of all, because it involves the country and the survival of the United States of America. But when I, uh, when I put the cards on, and then I said, all right, let's go. They said, he's not campaigning. This is like about a month ago when I announced. Well, I said, you know, I got two years. They said, he's not doing rallies. He's not campaigning. Maybe he's lost that step. Uh, we didn't. I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Because President Trump, as committed as he was during his first term, says he's even more angry and more committed now than ever. And that's only going to be great for America and for all the things that have been screwed up by this regime of the former vice president. Wars, which are getting dangerous, inflation, porous border, food prices through the uh, roof, same with energy prices, which feed into the food prices. Because of this conflict, we still have the issue with fertilizer and other things making food more expensive. Interest rates are up, etc. There's ever a time we needed President Trump. Well, it was two years ago. That didn't happen. We can have him now. That's not going to happen. I hope we can survive another two years. We are so far ahead in the polls, uh, both in New Hampshire. One came out this morning, a very nice poll. We're way ahead. And one uh, came out yesterday, a nationwide poll. And we're 35 points up, 39 points up. President Trump, let me just play you the concluding things that he said in New Hampshire. I played part of it at, as the introduction. One year from now, we will win the New Hampshire primary. And then with the help of the good people of this state, I love the people, we are going to take back our country and we'll take back the White House and we're going to straighten out the United States of America. Okay. Now, over in New Hampshire, I think you've got, what, Governor Sununu, who said he's going to run? I believe Nikki Haley is from there. A lot of people are going to run, have said they're going to run, but President Trump is beating them out the gate. And he has, as I just played for you, and I've been reporting to you from the polls, he's got a hefty lead in front of everyone. The only one even nipping at his heels, if you want to call it that, that, with President Trump literally having twice as much support is Ron DeSantis. So do not be surprised when Fox News and all of the establishment Republican folks start ditching President Trump for Ron DeSantis. I'll tell you right now, that's not going to happen on this channel. The powers that be here at Google, um, YouTube, and uh, Alphabet know that we are on the Trump train, and that's why we suffer the way we do. But I'm not going to sell my principles. I want a fighter, not a politician, in the White House. And that fighter and non-politician I want, is Donald John Trump. So President Trump uh, then left, he left New Hampshire, and then he headed to South Carolina. And in South Carolina, boy, just like New Hampshire, he got a hell of a welcome. And I think because maybe it was later in the day, and a hell of a lot warmer as well, wow, there was even more from South Carolina 
than even what he had in New Hampshire, which is more than Joe Biden has ever gotten in his entire life. We are the South Carolina Republican Women's okay. Association. There is over 1,200 of us, and we are here to support Trump today. And so why not Tim Scott or Nikki Haley? We love Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, but he has been proven to be the best president that we've ever had besides Ronald Reagan, and he has the philosophy of Ronald Reagan, so why go with anyone else? That was a citizen of South Carolina who we later in this interview, find out her name is Virginia Boyd and she's all on the Trump train, right? And of course, a real good journalist is going to ask why President Trump or why not these other people? And that's a fair question. But we're also going to see a lot of people from the swampy establishment Republican supporting conservative news outlets also asking the same question, trying to convince people to go with a Tim Scott or a Nikki Haley or a... Uh, or, or, you know, a Sununu or a DeSantis or a Mike Pompeo or a Take Your Pick. And Virginia Woolf is very strong. And I think she's pretty representative of how Republicans as a whole feel. The establishment doesn't want Trump. And there's a lot of Republicans that don't want Trump either. They want Trump policies, but they don't want the Trump behind him. The, the man behind the Trump policies. Which even, as I'll play you in a second... Lindsey Graham uh, recognizes. But this uh, woman here, my hat's off to Ms. Uh, Virginia Boyd. She's not falling for it. Tim Scott would be a great vice president, however. What would be your net message to Nikki Haley right now? Work hard and campaign well. That's all I'm calling. 2024 may not be her year, though. No. No, I think she needs to wait another four years, and then it'll be her turn. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. What was your name? Virginia Boyd. B-O-Y-D. Yes. All right, folks. Well, before uh, I get to the comments that President Trump made in South Carolina, including us having to stomach listening to Lindsey Graham, I want to show you this, something that's very interesting that happened to President Trump while he was over there, is that he surprised the patrons over at Zesto's, an ice cream place uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. And what I find interesting is President Trump, how he was greeted by the people, how the people uh, liked him, how they want to take selfies with him. I mean, this kind of enthusiasm, President Trump's a rock star everywhere he goes. And of course, 81 million man, the former vice president, can't even get seven people out to see him. And you know how the press is always asking President Trump what he had? Well, let me just tell you right now that Trump went with a chocolate-dipped ice cream cone and said hello and took selfies with some very stunned patrons. And one person in particular, an employee uh, there at Zesto's, said a prayer over Donald Trump. What a sweet, sweet thing that happened. Let me show that to you now. Thank you very much. So you recommend his food, right? Yes, sir. You care about Frank? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Lord, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you just help him in this presidency. What a sweet, sweet thing. Now, I've had two chances to meet President Trump, um, and I, I'm yet to meet him. I will meet him probably within the next couple years. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, probably, probably this year, 
but definitely within the next year or two, I will meet President Trump. Now, that was very sweet. And President Trump needed that prayer because, you know, in South Carolina, you know where he found himself. He found himself with Lindsey Graham, the warmonger, the absolute warmonger, who, let's be honest, even though he was a lot of talk during the first term of President Trump, he was an ally, even though he did not like Trump in the very beginning. And look, this is politics. People like Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham uh, likes war because it's good for the economy of South Carolina. President Trump knows this, and he knows that you've got a campaign with frenemies to get everyone on board. Anyway, here are the opening remarks from Lindsey Graham, and he says something very important that I alluded to earlier in this episode. Thank you. Well, he did it once, he can do it again. And now while we're here, there's one thing I want to talk to you about. How many, how many times have you heard, we like Trump uh, policies, but we want somebody new? There are no Trump policies without Donald Trump. I was there. Now, it's no secret if you're on this channel that I am not a fan of warmonger Lindsey Graham. But he is absolutely right about the strength and about the fear that Donald Trump commands internationally. First, with our allies. You know why $400 billion was given by NATO nations? Because he asked and they were afraid to say no. Every president since I've been up there has asked NATO to give more money, but they gave more money when he asked. All right. Not just with our allies, but also our biggest opponent, enemy, uh, competition, whatever you want to call them out there in the world. And that's the other superpower, China. People talk about China. You did something about China. They finally paid. Everybody's been talking about China. You made them pay. China. And not just China. Look what he did with our southern neighbor. As I reported a a few weeks ago, we had AMLO, the president of Mexico, thanking Joe Biden for not building any more wall. (laughs) Mexico was singing... A whole different tune under AMLO when President Trump was in the Oval Office. You know why Mexico said yes to you? Because she scared the hell out of them by taking on China. Woohoo! Indeed. And once again, black conservative hippie, now black conservative patriot, but still the peace-loving hippie, me, I'm talking about myself, of course, James, I love what President Trump did. I loved hip-hop growing up as a teenager in the 90s. Still like the hip-hop from that era. And one of the things that we said in the 80s and 90s hip-hop was peace in the Middle East. Well, the first biracial president we had, Barack Hussein Obama didn't do it. Guess who did? President Trump. You know why the Abraham Accords came about? It's because you convinced the Arabs and the Israelis you were strong and you're reliable. You killed the terrorist that needed to be killed. 
You convinced the Arabs to work with the Israelis, and the world is a better place. Folks, the world is a better place. I don't like Lindsey Graham, but I am with him 100% on everything he's saying here. Okay? The world is a better place because of it. That's why they did everything they could from uh, impeachments to Russian collusion hoaxes to other incredible crimes so that right now we are not in the situation of having Donald Trump currently in the White House. And boy, are they trying to keep him off of the 2024 ballot. Let me play this last part from of Lindsey Graham breaking down the other great accomplishments of the greatest president of our lifetime, Donald John Trump. We live in a dangerous world right now. The good news for the Republican Party, there are many, many talented people for years to come, but there is only one Donald Trump. And I say this sincerely. You can talk about his policies, but you could not do what he did. Thank you. True that. Everyone says, oh, I, you know, I, I'm for the same policies. We just need a new face. Well, those people have been in Washington for a long time and they haven't done jack crap. President Trump got it done and he's going to get it done again. All right, let's go into a couple of the highlights from President Trump in South Carolina. Of course, there was some similarities between what he said in New Hampshire and what he said in South Carolina. Uh, he got a great enthusiastic welcome. The enthusiastic welcome he got from this relatively small crowd compared to the huge you know, arena rallies that President Trump does is amazing because Joe Biden couldn't even get this. I guess people really hated those mean tweets of President Trump because 81 million people said, ah, we don't want this. We want that. Or at least that's what we're being told. All right, folks, let's get into President Trump's, some of his important comments from in South Carolina. Proud to accept your endorsement, and I'm thrilled to be back in the great state of South Carolina. I want to start off with what he had to say about taking on our common enemies, which, of course, uh, are the... Uh, the rhinos, the globalists, and China. The 2024 election is our one shot to save our country, and we need a leader who is ready to do that on day one. We need a fighter who can stand up to the left, who can stand up to the swamp, stand up to the media, stand up to the deep state. Am I allowed to say stand up to the rhinos, too? I think we can say that. I think we can say that. Stand up to the globalists and China and stand up for America. And that's what we do. We stand up. And that's what we do. President Trump speaking inclusively of his supporters and his voters and Republican constituents, not necessarily of the party. And that's what he says. Do I even dare say it? The rhinos. Now, I, I, I cropped uh, the video so you didn't see it. Uh, but even Lindsey Graham clapped when he said the rhinos, which I thought was hilarious because... Well, Lindsey Graham is one of them. Okay, folks, uh, he had, I want to play you two more clips before we uh, we call this an episode. I'm doing this right after the, the both of them, so I've been watching these things and 
uh, plus made other uh, episodes earlier today. So it's very late. It's getting close to, to midnight. But I want to put this together for you so you can see it either in the in the wee hours or early on Sunday morning. But here's uh, here's what President Trump said. Remember, he got that uh, he got that blessing. President Trump realizing that our country is in trouble and that we need the hand of providence. We need God's blessings to get us through the next couple years before he can get back uh, in office. So let me play you his closing statements and then I'll play you a statement that he made today in South Carolina, which kind of brings us back full circle to when he first announced his presidency back in 2015. Let's start off with his closing comments. So we'll just conclude by saying I very much appreciate it. I respect these people so much, these people so much, and the state so much. And uh, God bless you. We need the blessings from God. Our country's in big, big trouble. God bless you all, and we'll turn it around, and we'll turn it around fast. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, I'm going to play this final clip. Like I said, it's going to remind us of uh, comments that got him in trouble right off the bat in 2015. And before I forget, please like, share, and subscribe and check out the links to our other shows down below and check out our other show, BCP Unfiltered, which is not here on YouTube. The links to everything are in the description and in the pinned comment down below. And they're coming from prisons and they're coming from mental institutions. Sorry, I'm sure you figured it out, but I didn't give you context. This is President Trump, like in 2015, talking about the people coming over our border illegally, especially now with this porous border of Joe Biden. And they're coming from a lot of bad places that it's going to cause us a lot of problems. And we have to get that straightened out. We have to get it straightened out fast. And we have to remove a lot of people very, very fast because we can't have what they're sending. They're sending people that are, are killers, murderers, they're sending rapists, they're sending rapists, they're sending rapists. And when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Now, you've tried to clarify this statement in recent days, Donald, but I guess the question comes down to this. Do you regret saying that specifically about rapists, or do you stand by it? No, not at all. They're sending rapists, and they're sending, uh, frankly, terrorists, or terrorists are coming on their own, and we can't allow this to happen. So the illegal border crosses are going to be sent straight back home, those bad ones especially, and they're going to go fast. They're going to go back home, and they're going to go fast. President Trump also said that in 24 hours, he would have the solution to the Ukraine-Russia conflict. I just hope that we can get quickly through the next couple years before we have President Trump back in the Oval Office. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for being here. Like, share, and subscribe. We'll have more reporting for you. Make sure you hit that notification bell. Ciao, goodbye. God bless. Oh, wait, wait, wait up. Before we end, I think it would be fitting... If I have my wife, Mrs. BCP, who is born and raised primarily in on central and southern Mexico, to do the outro. By the way, if you're new around here, Mrs. BCP was the first person in our family on the Trump train. 
and she is a naturalized citizen of the United States, and she loves this country, and like you and like me, she loves Donald Trump. Mi amor, do us the honors. Thank you for watching Open Source News. Please like, share, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you don't miss a thing. Have a blessed day.